Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast, The Road to Restoration. Uh, I'm Sergio Delamora, and whether you are on this road of restoration with us, or perhaps you have fallen off the road, maybe you're just weary of being on the road, maybe you need to get back on the road. I genuinely believe this, that all of us at some point in time, it's not a matter of if, it's about a when, we've got to get back on this road. And today, I'm joined by a life coach to the stars, a great friend, uh, Dr. Tim Story. Thank you for joining us today. Good to see you. I like this magazine, LA Style. Uh, you were featured on the front. I hope we can get that shot. <laughs> I like your jacket. I like all the words. Um, world shaker, momentum, uh, royalty, tribe, look and listen, turn your mess into a message. Uh, why did LA Style feature you in the magazine? What was the article about? The, um, the whole article is about what you're teaching about the road to restoration, about how many people in Hollywood have setbacks and then have comebacks. I mean, most famously, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. I mean, look at Robert of how he struggled in late 90s, and then the guy becomes Iron Man. So as you know, I've had the privilege to work with a lot of entertainers that have had setbacks and got back on the road to restoration, and they found their way back. Okay, I want to talk about a financial comeback, business mm -hmm. comeback, bouncing back. Um, I don't know anyone who wasn't affected by the past two years, the events of COVID, um, all the pivoting that had to happen. Not everyone bounced back, Tim. Exactly. And yet there's people in business right now that have lost a lot of money. Mm -hmm. However, I was reading about most business leaders and you can quote me on this. You can tell me otherwise. But most people that have made their billions first had to lose their millions. That's true. Let's talk about that because we always hear about people's gains, but very little do we hear about people's losses. I like to hear how people lost because the fiber of loss constructs in us a mentality, a mindset, a conquering spirit. And so if I have to lose to gain, right, what does that look like for people? Yeah. So as you know, I do a lot of the business conferences. So I just did Grant Cardone's 10X conference. Oh, and, just like that. And that reached. Just did the 10X conference. And, and that reaches One of the of largest people. business conferences in the world. And so okay. one of the things I teach on is that we have the sight of okay. having a good business. Because you've run many businesses still running them. I run many businesses now. So you have the site to a good business, okay? But then you have the right to this good business, mostly in certain countries that you live in. We have the right to succeed. So you have the site, you have the right. But what people don't realize, there's going to be a fight. That's right. There's going to be a fight. So the fight could be like right now in the area of baby formula. Like there are companies that sell baby formula that they've run out of baby formula. There are furniture companies, like I work with Ashley Furniture. The furniture can't get where it needs to be fast enough because of the pandemic and everything that's happening at our harbors. Make sense? No, it's true. I was working with uh, the retail manager of the largest IKEA store in our area yeah. in San Diego. And he was telling me that he will design a kitchen and the customer will get excited six months before they get to see anything. Wow. Those are setbacks. Mm -hmm. But what about the person in business that can't meet payroll this week? Yes. What about the person 
who owes their vendors and they stopped giving them credit. They're anxious. They're staying up at night. Um, they're good hearted people. They've worked mm-hmm. hard all their life, but the sales, the winds of sales have changed. Yes. How do we help them get back up? What have we, what have you said to people? Um, and you'll share some things. I want to share some things because I think if we can help someone right now, get the site back. Yes. Get their right back. Get their, before they can get their fight back. I think we can help a lot of people change the trajectory of their life. Okay. We got to go to the fight. Okay. Okay. So in the fight, is it what tools do I need to win this fight? So what is a fight? Let's break it down. It's a, something that's a combat. It means there's a struggle. There's opposition. There's opposition. There's resistance, right? Yes. And so this fight that we're in right now, which has been this pandemic that we're still working through and a recession that could be coming at what level we don't really know at this point. What you now have to do is you have to work on three things. Remember, I do this every day of my life. Talk about these three things. You have to work on your tools, your skills, and your attitude. Okay. Because a lot of people, they want to do something and they want to fight through, but they don't have the proper tools, Mm. the right skills, and they don't have the right attitude. So one thing that I love about you as a businessman is that when you go and you have resistance, it could be resistance in the weather and what you're trying to do and accomplish, Mm. resistance in the client. You have to have the right skill set, the right tools to handle what you're trying to do, and the right attitude. So you talk to me about skills, tools, and attitude because you're good at this. No business succeeds without struggle. And I think um, my first business was I was 15 years old. I went to UCSB to get a radio license to become a disc jockey. I started a disc jockey company in my city of Santa Barbara. That's where I was born and raised. By the time I was 17, I was about to sign a seven-year record contract. I realized that every business, whether it's thriving or it's just surviving, there is an ebb and flow that has to be respected. So good. And I discovered that doing a disc jockey business, I had to buy equipment. I had to rent equipment. I had to rent facilities. I realized this, just like in any company, if you're not ready to pay the price emotionally, yes, don't get involved because the financial payment is big, but the emotional payment is just as big. Yes. Until you're emotionally ready for the battle, you're going to find yourself paying more, giving more, doing more than you should have. I discovered when in those early years of business mm-hmm. that I was emotionally committed to growth because I was emotionally committed to growth. I was willing to take risks that other people thought I was crazy. Yes. Christmas. I'll never forget this. I'm 17 years old and there's this big Elks lodge <laughs> that I go to rent. Imagine a 17 year old kid is in high school. Yeah. I want to rent your facility on Christmas evening for an event. And the, and the manager says, you're 17, it's going to be too expensive. I take the risk because I'm emotionally committed that Christmas evening, everyone's bored. It turns out to be the largest thing I ever did. Yeah. Because I was emotionally committed. 
Tim, in business, it, it starts by being emotionally committed. Okay, I love what you said. So we have created a generation. Yes. You're going to love this. Of visionary heavyweights and emotional lightweights. It's so easy to want to be Gary V. Yes. It's easy to want to be you, Grant Cardone. Uh, it's easy to be a visionary heavyweight. Like guys will always come to me and they go, uh, people say that I remind them of Elon Musk. They're talking about themselves. I'm like, you don't remind me of Elon Musk. Because <laughs> they're visionary heavyweights, but they're emotional lightweights. And as you're saying, they're is a battle that's going to take place if you're going to scale anything. It's like, it seems like everything that could be thrown at you will be thrown at you in any business that's really trying to scale. It's true. Before there is a breakthrough, there is a battle. Yes. Like you don't get to go to the next level until you pass the tests. And if you notice when you're going through the test, even in a classroom, the teacher is always quiet. Mm -hmm. When you're going through your biggest test in business and it seems like everything around you has slowed down and everything is quiet, be careful because the teacher is watching. Ooh, like that. And it's in those moments that you have to make the right decisions in private so that you can have the gain in public. Most people, when they lose, Immediately, they let anxiety and fear stop them. Yes. When what we have to learn to do is convert our fears and anxiety to forward motion. Okay, I like this. So if somebody has a challenge in their business, um, you have to say to yourself, how did I get here? Yes. Number two, what can I learn? Don't even think, how do I get out right now? I want to know how you got there. What can you learn? Because it's in the lessons learned where you start to use this divine wisdom and doors start to open. If you will listen. Mm -hmm. You know, most people think that if you have hard times that you're going to grow. The truth is hard times is universal. Growing through hard times is a choice. Agree. If we can learn why am I here and it's usually thinking the level of thinking that you exhibited at this level has to change if you're going to go to this level. The old you can't go to where the new you wants to go. So what what bad decision did I make? Was I too ambitious? Yeah. Did I step out too fast? And it's okay to admit it, mm -hmm. but admit it. And then the next thing you have to admit is what opportunities do I have right now? What's in my toolbox right now? Yes. What can I use right now to get me to move forward? Most people, we get paralyzed in our pain. Yes. That we don't see the possibilities that are in front of us. It's like this. Like God will let us go through pain, but he's also going to leave us a toolkit with a bunch of possibilities. I like that. And we've got to open up that tool case and say, okay, do I use a hammer right now or do I use the screwdriver? Mm -hmm. Life never allows you to go through pain without also giving you a toolbox called possibility. And it's in that moment where you decide, I know what my setback is, but what tools do I have for my comeback? I've discovered yes. that there's not a problem that doesn't have a possibility in front of it. If I can humble myself and admit I made some bad decisions, now what do I need to do to move forward? I've learned there's always a friend that can help you. Yeah. Um, 
There's always a gift that you have that can break you through. And there's always, well, if you can handle this, that if you can be humble, you'll find out that grace will take you forward. I love what you're saying. So I can't even try to add on to your toolbox of possibilities because that's too good. It is that good. And I'm going to tell you one reason why. Is because the very thing that is frustrating people of, I can't get through, I, I'm not finding my way. There are many times one conversation away from the breakthrough. And that's that toolbox of possibilities. Or the one scripture verse. That's right from that or one story in the Bible. Like for instance, I've had times in my life where I struggled and then I started thinking about David, David and Goliath, where he says, I killed a lion, watch. I killed a bear, I think I can take down him. That was part of my toolbox of possibility of a Bible reference story of what David did. Yeah, I killed a lion, killed a bear, I think I can pull this off too. I like the fact that you referred to that story because Ultimately, if God is in the center, God will get you through. Agree. If we can get ourselves out of the way, God will open up our mind and heart to what the next step needs to be. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason why humility is so important. Humility isn't thinking less of yourself. Yes. It's, it's realizing what assets you have and that what you have is enough to get you to the next stage. But I got to say something that's going to like disrupt people, but you're going to like this. But that doesn't mean that God's going to restore somebody's idol. So I work with a lot of people who are just building idols under themselves. Yeah. And they're like, where is God? Where is God? He's not in the business of making idols. So if, if somebody's just doing something as unto themselves and they have all these devastations, God's going to deal with them because he loves the person. But that doesn't mean he's going to send his forces to rebuild something that is a bad idea. He is not responsible wow. to build up or rebuild idols. So the question is, how do you know it's a God dream? Well, there's a difference between a good idea and a God idea. Okay. And when a person is at a place Because nobody wants to build peace, an idol to right. themselves. Yeah. If people are at peace, they sense an, an alignment. Mm -hmm. You've been there. I've been there. Where suddenly we found ourselves building things that had nothing to do with the God idea. That's right. It was maybe somebody else's suggestion. Like, Tim Story, you ought to do this. Tony Robbins is doing it, or Pastor Sergio, you should do this. So-and-so is doing it. And it's not like we were trying to build things unto ourselves, but sometimes it happens. And then something takes place that starts to break it down. But I promise you, I know this firsthand, God does not have to come with his crew and say, sorry your idol came down, <laughs> man, I'm going to rebuild that. No, He's going to restore you, and then he's going to give you the real God idea, and you're going to build something much greater than that idol. Over the years of business, you don't have to be in business long yeah. and have God in your life to realize God is more interested in what he's building in you yes. than what he's building through you.
we get infatuated with what we want to see God build through us. God is committed to what he wants to build in us. You can only go as high as the foundation will allow you. And in business, I've had to learn because I did business. I've sold, started and sold three companies. Mm -hmm. I've done nonprofit work. Yeah. And in a lot of countries, but how many countries do you think you've been to now? Um, about, well, seven countries just to come off my mind. Yeah. Here's the thing. Most people don't care about your idea. Yeah. Until you can convince them that you are bigger than the idea. Yeah. If the idea is bigger than you, you're going to run the risk of them stealing your idea. But if you can convince them that you're bigger than the idea and that the idea comes from within you, they're not just going to commit to your idea. They're going to commit to you. Mm -hmm. Most big investors are not going to just write you a check. Right. Because you have a good idea. It's because they believe in you first. I agree. If, if, If people can allow God to build deep into them, when you meet people that can help you, they're going to be committed to you because they're committed to who you are. Not just to your idea. Okay, so what you just did, you broke down a beautiful scripture. Do you see a man skilled at his work? Yes. He will serve in the presence of kings. That's right. Yeah, your so, gift will make room for you mm-hmm. in so, the presence so of So you day. starting in the gardening business, me starting as a dishwasher and a busboy, mm-hmm. we became pretty skilled. No wonder we get to serve in the presence of kings. Well, and anyone that's listening today, you're listening to The Road to Restoration because you don't have to go far to find people who succeeded. We'll tell you this. Before there's a breakout, there's always a breakdown. So thanks, Tim, for taking this time to be on this podcast. Uh, If you enjoyed what you heard, share with a friend. Uh, If you're on The Road to Restoration, stay on the road. Keep sharing because ultimately, when you stay on the road, you'll love your life where it's going. Thank you so much. God bless you.